Welcome, my genuine people. Thank you for tuning in to Genuine Talks. I'm your host, Jennifer Harris. I'm a writer, teacher, a nonconformist Gemini, as well as a healer through words. Here on Genuine Talks, we discuss topics that promote healing, helping others to recognize your inner power while also getting back to their genuine, authentic self. Expect new episodes every other week. Genuine Talks can be heard on all podcast platforms. You can find me on Instagram at Genuine Poetry. That's genuine with the J. Feel free to leave your thoughts in the comment section. Also, check out GenuinePoetry.com and sign up for your weekly newsletters, including reminders, prompts, and affirmations. Welcome back to Genuine Talks. This episode is an interview I had with Taylor Simon about my poetry book titled Red Flags and Commitments. Taylor is a book enthusiast, blogger, and she can be found on Instagram at Liberation is Lit, where you can find out more about Taylor and her bookshop. Taylor had the pleasure to review my book and interview me, as well as we discussed topics on red flags, self-care, self-love, and growth. Be sure to check out www. GenuinePoetry.com to grab your copy of Red Flags and Commitments and sign up for newsletters to stay in the loop. Here is my interview with Taylor Simon. Check it out. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Are you ready to talk about your book? I am. I'm excited. You made you like hype me up. to feel like they don't go through those toxic situations by themselves that everybody goes through that at some point in their life and a lot of people can actually relate to it so um with the red flags uh part i wanted to capture the essence of like how people ignore the blatant signs that are in front of their faces because we choose to see what we want to see or choose to believe what we want to believe about a specific person or a situation in general. So um, I was trying to capture that, and it's just like, oh, technically, it's like it's a rose-colored glass that I just put up myself of this person, but that's not the case. And you know, people have to go through the lessons and the trials with that particular person to actually get well to actually be able to see them for who they really are. And maybe the person that's going through it is probably the red flag themselves because of the delusions. And yeah. So with commitments, yes. I was like, no, like I, I like that was definitely a theme that came up for me when I was reading the red flag section section about like how, um, like, I mean, just in relationships in general, we've tried to put like our best like forward and like mm-hmm. want to be the best person to the other person or seem like that especially in, like the honeymoon phase right um but like how some of those things come up like some of those illusions may come up and things may not always be what they seem so what are your thoughts on just like 
how do we talk about red flags in pop culture? Because I see like a lot of memes about red flags. And uh, so what are your thoughts about how like we talk about red flags, how like we kind of frame that in our society um, and how we can detect red flags better? Honestly, um, I'm a goofy person. Like I'm goofy. So the memes are funny as shit. And it's just like they got a point. But it's like, okay, it's funny. So I think um we like sometimes well, I think the whole thing with the red flags is a meme, it's a joke, but it's also like uh like uh a point to it to it or whatever. Like it's like say if a meme was like, Oh, if he can't take me on a date at this place, red flag. But it's just like I mean, that's kind of accurate because why would you want to settle for what you really like settle in less of what you really want? So um, I honestly want to say the pop culture like hitting it dead on the head, but in a goofy ass manner. So um, that's that. But I think we as a collective are all becoming more aware of red flags in other people because we're learning to love ourselves more and we're choosing to not settle for what we won't give ourselves so why would we accept it for somebody else if that makes sense so like if i don't eat at mcdonald's why would i accept mcdonald's and you bought me mcdonald's like no like that's that's like very not you know capturing the essence but it's like an example so um i just think overall collectively we're understanding red flags because we're understanding who we are and we're getting to know ourselves and versus the generations before us were, I think they were more so focused on like um, serving others over themselves, like always breaking their back to make the next person happy. And, you know, and I think we're waking up from that. Right. And that's a good point about just like how a lot of like the memes and stuff like help us be self-aware about like what's not like what we're not okay with and like it was like a open and like low-key way of just like almost talking about our boundaries mm-hmm. and like oh like this is a red flag for me and a lot of people are like well why is that a red flag but like you said like collectively like why should we like settle for things when we can want so much more for ourselves and I feel like a lot of like negative or bad relationships we find ourselves in is because we settle for things or feel like we this is all we deserve right right and it's because we don't see our worth um what kind of inspired you for dividing the book into red flags and then on the flip side commitments um because mainly when I write, I'm used to writing stuff based on I write stuff based on my emotions and I'm used to writing stuff um as far as poetry it's like a lot of sad stuff talking about, um, I guess, trauma. But um, because I, I want people to know like, oh, you're not, alone. you're not alone. Like other people experience trauma too. Maybe the exact same. So I'm used to writing sad stuff. And to me, the red flags was more like a, um, it was more of me releasing trauma in a way. But it was still sad in a way. So I also wanted to like focus on not just sadness or heartbreak or, you know, being a lost cause. I also wanted to focus that on like something healthy as well, because I'm also challenging myself to write more things that are healthy based for people instead of revolving things around trauma. Because to be honest, it's a lot of poetry out there that's just like it's sad poetry. And it's like trauma based and it's like, oh, yeah, it's cool because a lot of people can relate to that because maybe they're feeling that way. 
in that or they're going through that stage in their life and that's cool like i i really <laughs> i fucks with like sad poetry that like that's my thing but <laughs> i want to like write more stuff about happy like why does everything have to be sad all the time let's talk about joyful things of learning to love ourselves learning others setting boundaries healthy conversations i feel like all just as much as we talk about things that are unhealthy we also need to like balance that out with healthy conversations as well so that's what led to the division of the book right and what i noticed about the commitment section is that it was like you said, it was like that healthy aspect of like having a healthy relationship with ourselves mm-hmm. and that being framed as like commitments that we make to ourselves. Cause just like we're committed to somebody else in a relationship, we have to be committed to ourselves. So what were your, what were your thoughts around framing these as commitments rather than like it's, it's, kind of still the new year like resolutions or intentions or promises what made you kind of frame them as commitments rather than something else because i feel like um those are things that we should keep to ourselves daily and like those are other like those are ways that we show up for ourselves daily like um i think one of them was like like basically forgive yourself um I'm sorry, I don't I don't keep up with my own writing. <laughs> I don't remember it, but I know like what I wrote. But I know something was like forgive yourself and that to me that's that's heavy on me because I'm I like to be in nostalgic feels a lot. I'm a very emotional person. So if I think about something pertaining to the past that I know I was like being dumb over or I just like beat myself up about like I could have did that different like I have to forgive myself for the things that I put myself through and the things that I chose so that's like me that's a way of showing up for myself every day because I'm choosing to forgive myself for something that I know like I could have bypassed but you know I had to go through it and that's growth it's just a way of showing up for yourself every day right and how do you think like the idea of like how we show up for ourselves every day kind of differs from like what we usually think about when we think about like self-care and like oh my gosh like bubble baths and like how do you think that is like how do you think that compares to like what we think of as self-care um I honestly think people when they think of self-care um it's like more of an aesthetic thing now like um to me, it seems like it's becoming more aesthetic or, like, you're just doing it. just like, oh, self-care. But it's, like, it's not really, like, self-care isn't taking care of everything that's physical or on the outside. Self-care is actually sitting down with yourself and doing everything intentionally. Like, if you, like, I just started back painting my nails, but it's intentional behind it because it's, like, me taking the time out to just enjoy the quiet and oh i'm gonna enjoy how the paint feels on my nail like it's just enjoying the present moment in every way with intention and if i can just enjoy that that alone is self-care right i like how like that commitment layer is added with that intention layer so like you have to be intentional behind your commitments and that's how you like take it a step further like oh yeah like i like to get have my nails done versus like being intentional and using this moment as a dedicated time because you committed that to yourself Mm -hmm. so i really like that framing 
So how long have you been writing poetry? Um, I want to say about seven years now. I started back writing seven years, but then honestly, my poetry was just like journal entries on how I felt and me just releasing and letting out emotions. And then I was just like, oh, like this kind of fire. <laughs> like, oh, okay, maybe somebody else feels like I do or whatever. And then I just decided to publish it and it went from there. And I was like, oh, I guess that's poetry. And it is, but because <laughs> I thought poetry always had to rhyme for some reason. But yeah, that's what they teach us in school. Exactly, so. like with the limeries, like everything had to rhyme. I'm like, okay, I guess this ain't poetry, but it's I like iambic pentameter and <laughs> <laughs> all of that. What kind of gave you? Because I know lots of people write poetry, but not everybody publishes it. Mm -hmm. So, kind of, what gave you that like courage or confidence to be like, okay, I want to put my poetry out into the world. Because I know other people feel that way and they may not be able to express it or voice it or even figure out what they're feeling. So it's like, you know, we're all human. We all experience emotions. So maybe my maybe what I put down my emotions on paper, I know somebody else could feel that way and maybe it could help them. So honestly, I would just say it's honestly to help people heal literally that's why i published it because if i didn't i could have just kept it to myself in a journal and just like went back and reflected on it mm -hmm. it's i like that that like connecting to other people and like finding healing and connecting to other people because yes you can find healing with like all your poems and your journals but like it's like an extra step to like okay but now i want to take like what i'm processing because maybe it helps somebody else mm -hmm. i really like that <laughs> well thank you for putting your poetry out in the world for us because mm -hmm. like i definitely connected to it when i read it and like i said it was like a super like like i was just like i read it so fast and like it's perfect size that you can like reread it um because one of the poetry books i read all the time is like uh, for color girls, um, I got that by, book. Uh, Nisha, uh, I don't know how to say her name either. <laughs> I got it. I got the book. Um, but that's like one of those books that you can just like, wow, like you read it through once, and then it's just like, okay, like I can go back to it mm -hmm. and like read again whenever I need to. So I really like that. So I I saw in the back of your book your little author's bio, and you got a lot going on. So what other projects you got going on? So, um, I'm currently working on like a children's book series. Um, it's on, it's on, what is it? Kindle Villa, Amazon. And it's like, you get to uh, like publish an episode however much you want. And, um, I'm working on that. And that's kind of like a love letter to children for them to focus on like growth and develop self-love at an early age. So they don't have to like grow up not knowing who they are and struggling to figure it out. And to, like, learn to accept their emotions at a young age. Um, I got that. Um, I'm about to start working. Well, I'm currently working on it. Um, a romance novel. And um, it, like, ties in together with the poetry book. But that's, like, it'll be... It'll, it, everybody will figure it out once it's out. Like, it'll be able to... Yeah, y'all will figure it out. So I got that. And I got another project in mind. Yes. Well, um, well, those are all the questions I have. Is there anything else that 
you want to tell the good people? Um, well, one, I want to tell you, thank you for taking the time out to, uh, you know, interview me and just actually taking the time out to read the book. I'm glad you said, yeah. <laughs> reach out to me and I'm like I made too many commitments to make book reviews but I was like okay poetry I think I can squeeze poetry in and again it was super fast mm-hmm. like I read it in like an hour mm-hmm. so like I was just like oh wow and I just turned page after page and um so no I was super excited and I'm glad I read the book too and thank you for like my little dedication <laughs> in the front <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, that's why, like, when I asked you, I was like, it's 62 pages. Like, it's not even a long one. It's like a short read. Like, <laughs> I had to hurry yes. up and put that in there. So I want to thank you for that. But, um, yeah, I just hope everybody get a chance to check it out. Um, I feel like it's very relatable. Others will, you know, catch on to it. Maybe they'll find it helpful and be like, you know what? Yeah. And I just hope it promotes, like, growth within <clears throat> other people and other individuals too and you can get your copy um i mean it's it's available everywhere amazon bookshop but <laughs> you can support your girl get it from my bookshop store <laughs> um but yeah you can get get the book wherever and support this amazing black woman poet and thank you so much for joining me live and talking about the book and talking about red flags and self-care all that good stuff <laughs> thank you thank you for tuning in to genuine talks That was my interview with Taylor Simon. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. It was fun going on IG Live to talk about red flags, spilling some good tea about my book, Red Flags and Commitments, having the readers engage, and how pop culture influences us. As always, a new episode of Genuine Talks drops every week right here on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I look forward to sharing episode three with you all as y'all continue to stay tuned in and remember to stay genuine.